0: Welcome to the Audiobook Lovin'
1: podcast, discussing all things audiobooks with the authors that write the stories and the
0: narrators that perform them, including a special series with narrator Shane East. The Audiobook Lovin' podcast is brought to you by Viviana, Enchantress of Books. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of the Audiobook Lovin' podcast. And my guest today is narrator Sebastian York. Welcome back, Sebastian, to Audiobook Lovin'.
2: Thanks, Viviana
0: we last spoke back in 2017 and we have lots of new listeners so why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself it's a quick rundown of like and how long you've been narrating and how you got started
2: uh okay um jesus really 2017 okay
0: yeah i know it seemed like for i was looking at the date i'm going damn yeah um, <laughs> um
2: well I am an audiobook narrator. narrator. Uh, I've been doing it for about, oh, 10 or 11 years now. I was just trying to, I think it's 11 years now. And uh, I don't know. I've done uh, several hundred by now, I guess. Uh, I live in New York. I live and work in New York. And um, uh, that's about it. I don't <laughs> have any pets. Um, I'd like to change that. I'd like to have a dog someday. But um yeah, in the meantime, I just, um, I like to read outside of work. I, I, uh, I enjoy bicycling very much. I like a lot of swimming, ocean swimming. I enjoy wine, which I am enjoying right now as we speak along yeah. the port. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm drinking a Cabernet Franc, by the way. Uh, I was
0: going to ask you what you're drinking.
2: <laughs> good light red wine, good early fall wine uh and that's about it i don't know i i I just don't know what else to say maybe we can uncover some more things as we go along
0: yeah no for sure um like i said one of the questions was um what is your favorite wine
2: oh it's it's difficult it's like saying what your favorite band is or something
0: oh so you have many i I love i
2: love i I can tell you what i don't like i don't like most portuguese verdejos i I don't It's too sweet I don't like eat wine. I like um, I like a good light and crisp wine, whether it's rose, red, or white. I, I don't go in for the you know really expensive stuff. I think you know I've had bottles of wine that were 10 dollars that are far and away greater than one that's forty-five or fifty. I can tell you that. So that's true. But I, I really do like a Cab Franc in terms of a red. In terms of a white, I like a um, – I guess I, I, I like the the Sicilian whites, the Cattoratos, the Grilos, things mm. like that.
0: Cool.
2: Uh, and Rosés are just, you know, across the board good, you know. And I do like a lot of these, you know, natural wines and Petnats and unfiltered things as well.
0: Cool.
2: I love it all, really. I just love,
0: yeah.
2: you know. It really just boils down to the grape,
0: so. Okay, yeah, well, that's good to know. Anytime we have you over for dinner, I'll have my, yeah. my op- options <laughs> for you. <laughs>
2: oh, well, you know, I can help you out. You know. Thanks, exactly. I'm always to two or three to bring.
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. So you mentioned that you would want to have a dog. I have a few. What kind of dog would you, you like to get?
2: You have a few. What's a few? You have
0: a few. Um, five?
2: You have five dogs. <laughs>
0: Yes, I have five dogs,
2: all ranging in size.
0: Yes, um, all rescued, um, and I, so I have um, Ravens, a pug, and she's our oldest right now. And then we have two pit mixes, so they're about sixty-five pounds, forty-five. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the, who was that? Yeah, the dog that's Mocha. She recently had um, knee surgery, so I have to keep her in a crate because she's not supposed to be jumping on anything. In her favorite spot, and it is on the couch.
2: I see.
0: Yeah. Yes, yes. She what? loves lounging on the couch. She just looks at you like no surgery. So um, so that's she's one of the pit mixes. And then we have uh Atticus is the the recent addition. Atticus. Atticus, yes. He's a little Chihuahua mix. Um that was uh, brought over from Puerto Rico after the hurricanes and stuff that they were having. So it's a rescue from there. And yeah, it's, it's a good it was a took me a couple of days to figure out a name for him, but he was fun. Well, I Atticus- you know.
2: Puerto Rican, yeah, makes
0: perfect. Yeah. no, she's tough. <laughs> okay. I'm big on naming them personality-wise. So, what kind of dog would you like to get?
2: I think a, <laughs> I think a pit. Uh, I've I had nothing but great experience with pit bulls. Yeah, I love them to death. I mean, and I've actually uh, I've had friends over the years who have rescued actual former fight dogs, and uh, you know, it's it's a little they're they're a little wary understandably at first and um but the love always wins out with 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 pits you know Mm -hmm. in my experience they they really are the most loving dogs and they
0: they don't get that they're 65 or 45 or heavier they swear that they're little chihuahua dogs yeah yeah Yeah.
2: (laughs) and i just love that uh you know they just do what they want to do you know I, i i dog sit for some good friends of mine and they have a a pit Lola
0: mm-hmm.
2: and uh, she's this black pity she's probably about I don't know 35 40 pounds or something and you know on a hot summer day I'll be walking her and there's a nice you know there's a hydrant going or something like that she'll just plop right down and say no we're not going anywhere I'm cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: and, yeah they, they, they can be stubborn mm-hmm. very passionate I say
2: <laughs> yeah I mean but God, they just love you to death. You know? They do. There's there's nothing great. You come home and those things, they're just up in your face and they're licking you, you know, to death. And it's fantastic. So yeah. I think it would be a pit bull.
0: It's yeah, I know. I'm I'm it, it's sad that they have such a bad rep. Um, and it comes down in society because it's all about the humans and not about the dog. That's um right. and funny enough, my pug goes after his jugular. So Mm-hmm. Napoleon th- syndrome, I guess, but yeah, it's just one of those things. Same thing with the Yorkie; he wants to play, and he's going after him. And the pit mixes are looking at me like, "Do you want to take care of this mom before I have to do yeah. something?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Guys, stop yeah. it."
2: Yeah, yeah, that's
0: mm-hmm. true. Yeah, that's
2: play to them.
0: It yeah. is, yes. And yeah. I've I've had to learn to let them do that a little they bit.
2: Like, they like to they like to spar, you know. They like they like it, so mm-hmm. which is what I like too, you know. Yeah, I like to wrestle with a dog. Yeah, it's
0: fun. Yeah and it's better to deal with one that, that that size and they're good like i said it's all about training too mm-hmm. one of the things that we talked about back a few years ago um i had asked about what was your worst habit and that's a question that i sometimes get when people listen to it and you had said that it was mindy oh so now oh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, i wouldn't say she's my worst but you know
0: yeah well like I said, it's just one of those where it was like, I had a couple of questions like, is, is he talking about the TV show? I'm not going, I, I I, just, I ask the questions, he gives me the answers. What would you say is your worst habit right now? Like as of today, is it still with me? Uh,
2: no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, my worst habit today. Hmm. I, I, I guess anger. Mm. I get, I get, uh, I get really pissed off sometimes and uh, just because of what's transpired in the last several months, whether it's political or uh, societal, or I just get really angry with, you know, it, it's just anger. It's something that I, I've kind of battled my whole life. I got a hot temper, you know, and, um, and it's quick, you know, the, the irony is that it really comes easily during the work. I can really just, if it. Seeing calls for anger i can just turn it right on no sweat no problem and uh but you know it's i'm, I'm not a violent person i don't you know it, it's nothing like that it's just it's something it's it's this um it's just something that that is brewing and then bubbles to the surface and i you know i can i can lash out at friends you know in, in conversations you know in, in typical just friendly conversations I can lash out I can disagree with somebody and and again you know I I don't necessarily yell or anything but you know I will challenge people and um, sometimes that can be perfectly fine it just it depends on the company I suppose but uh, when, when it's with your friends you know it's I've been called out on it and I think you know anger is the result of any number of other emotions frustration you know some kind of sense of confusion mm-hmm.
0: and uh, well, loss you know, I, and you know negative yeah, or anything just, yeah you know, sadness I, yeah
2: right and sadness and you know those are those have been pretty prevailing emotions over the last four or five months you know it's being in new york and seeing what we've gone through uh, and being so close to it in certain respects as just and then I see the way the federal government has reacted and, and and the fallout and, you know, its approach to some reasonable understanding, let alone a um, handling of it. Just really, it can still just really piss me off. I just, you know, I think it's a, it's just a bad situation. And, you know, like so many other people, I I got to take a break from the news for two or three day stretches, you know.
0: Yeah, I think it's it's something that we've all had to figure out how to handle and find our happy places and disconnect yeah, yeah. and
2: yeah.
0: And I know a lot of friends have sometimes just done little hiatuses away from social media, which you don't have any, so you don't have that issue. Um. <laughs> no,
2: but I have what's worse. It's called the the news.
0: News, yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you. See, I don't. I stream everything, so I don't have what the regular TV is, and so I have to purposely go seek it out. No, I, mean, I, I want don't want to hear so. TV
2: either. I just, yeah. you know, everything is online or yeah, I still pick up a newspaper every, you know, an actual physical hard copy newspaper.
0: Nice. So what do you do to find that happy happiness on, on those days that you're going, ah, you know, well,
2: we did mention wine, wine, yeah. is- <laughs> uh,
0: wine, <laughs> got it.
2: <laughs> um, I take a lot of bike rides. Um, any kind of exercise. I like to walk a lot as well. Um, I'll, you know, I'll put on some headphones and I'll just listen to music that that I really like or I'll just stay at home and I'll put on some music. Um, I like having nice dinners with, with my lady. You know, we, we like to cook a lot and so that helps a lot. And she and I can, we talk and we'll have, you know, we'll converse about certain things and, that always helps a lot. And then there's friends, you know, I can find a lot of compassion and a lot of simpatico among among my friends, despite Instead. that earlier, you know. <laughs> Nobody ever gets, you know, it's ha ha ha, there he goes again, you know. But yeah, I, I, I just um I just, you know, turn off the world, you know, you got to tune it out. And I do it through music, I do it through a book, I'll do it, you know, like I said, I'll walk, I'll take a bike ride and just... Exercise it out, you know, yeah, E R and XOR Got it.
0: So you cook. Oh, yeah. What do you love to cook? Like what's your favorite dish?
2: I make a lot of pasta I make uh, uh, a lot of meats I make a lot of uh, Asian things um, mm-hmm. Just a lot of grains a lot of meat a lot of mm-hmm. uh, a lot of vegetables It's a very balanced diet video.
0: Yeah <laughs> It not going to be like very manly, man. No, I care. I care. <laughs>
2: no, but, you know, it's, uh, you know, and anything that, that pairs with the wine. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> it's true.
0: I hear you. I'm partial to my pastas mm-hmm. and my carbs, certain things here and there, so I get it. Mm-hmm. And plus
2: we're coming into the season of slow roasted meats, which is very, very exciting.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes, true. Yes. Cooler weather, you know, more stews. Yeah. Are you still making your world famous peanut butter and jelly sandwich with pickles on the side?
2: Yes. <laughs> yes, I am. It's a great snack. It's a booster, as they ah. say. I need a boost.
0: And I know that there's a variation of that one where you have it's a peanut butter sandwich with white, ro- with white onions.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Peanut butter and white onions. It's delicious.
0: I've, I've yet to try that. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Have it with a seeded roll, too.
0: Oh, Okay. I'm going to go to the grocery store. Order the the one roll. Well oh, I had a
2: friend years and years and years back, very good friend, and he turned me on to that. Uh, I thought he was crazy too, and then I I took one bite and I was hooked.
0: Have you developed any other um, interesting food combinations while we've had all this time at home? Um, it's hard to say because
2: uh, you know we cook, we cook probably at least five days a week, um, and we're always just picking up. Uh, all kinds of different recipes and everything. So I, no, I don't think, I mean, it's just kind of an ongoing exercise. We're just always looking for something new and good to make. I'm just trying to think if there's been something that's, uh, no, I, I, no, there hasn't been any more experimentation. <laughs> or, yeah.
0: yeah. Good Okay, cool. I mean, I love to cook too, but it can be a pain in the ass to come up with different meal plans and you know varieties and stuff like that after a while. Do you guys do like cook shows and watch cook shows, or is it more like a book or the internet? How do you guys find these different recipes?
2: Uh, mainly books and internet, uh, stuff like that. And some cook shows, yeah, I mean, I i, I like to delve into an old Julia Child's show ever again. Every now and again, that is. Um, um, but but yeah, mostly books. Mostly books, I have to say.
0: I have an entire bookshelf with um book, like case rather, with uh, cooking books and stuff and things that I've been gifted. And I'm like, as long as it has pictures, I yeah. can do the cookbook. <laughs> but,
2: but there was a great show. Um, it, it's crazy. There was some trend about, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago among musicians who... I mean, it makes per- perfect sense. I mean, a lot of artists love to cook. And, um, but uh, there was a guy named, uh, Lixa Bargeld. I don't, I don't know. He was, he was, um, he founded this German band called Einstresende Neubauten many, many years ago. And he, um, had a cooking show for a short amount of time, <laughs> but, but he cooked really, really great stuff on it. And, uh, you know, if any listeners wanna check it out, Blixa Bargeld, that's B A R G E L D. is B L I X A. Uh highly entertaining individual. And a great cook, I have to say. So every now and again I'll go check out old episodes of that. It's pretty it's pretty
0: funny, but yeah. now with all the streaming services and they have so many different cook shows, there's one, um, it's called the, I think it's called like chef and it's based on, it's a I forgot he's a producer and did a movie and it was about a food trucks. And so he's been interviewing people and the variety of actors and musicians that have been doing the shows with him and they cook stuff and you're going, wow. Okay. That looks really good. And yeah. interesting. You know how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool.
2: There's an Italian guy too. Um, uh, I don't. You
0: speak any Italian? Very little. Um, I can understand it because of the the Spanish that I know.
2: Oh, okay. So, yeah. Well, there's a guy, uh, Giorgio. Uh, a huge guy. It's really funny because he goes in and out. Of the, he'll he'll get huge. He'll get he'll be 400 pounds, and then he'll go on this diet and he'll lose 200 pounds. He's done this like ten fucking times. It's incredible, and um he is so great watching this guy cook because he's tasting it the whole time. And he's just, he has that, um, he's just got that Italian character that you instantly fall in love with. He just loves the food that he's doing. He's very excited about it, but not in an overbearing cheerleader kind of way. It's very, um, he just loves what he's doing and watching him cook is just, uh, it's an art form in and of itself. And he's always in these, you know, some terrazza, you know, in, in Sicily or something or, you know, on, on the coast of the Adriatic. And he's grilling and and it's a beautiful night and he's sipping his wine as he does, goes about his business. And um, it's fantastic. It's just entertainment alone.
0: I like when their shows are like that, that you kind of get to you get a little bit of a. Uh history of the dish or where it came from. And it's not just, you know, put the grill marks on this and add the onions. Oh yeah. Um, I like more of that info stuff.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, he, um, you know, he's just, he's just moving along as he goes. Everything is just being put into the, onto the fire as he's going. It's all in real time.
0: I have to look him up Mm -hmm. to check him out.
2: Yeah. And, uh, he spent, yeah, it's just, it's highly, highly entertaining. And he, and he's a beautiful cook, you know, just watching the guy slice things and his hands and the way he moves the food around in, in the pan and things like that, you know, it's just, it's intoxicating, really.
0: can be very monolic and, you know, yeah. very easing. And, you know, when there's yeah, a pattern yeah. to it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that we talked about last time, which took you by surprise, complete shock, was that you are like an auto buy for listeners that you have this huge following that absolutely loves and adores you and will pre-order the book as because it just says Sebastian York on it. And you're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And like, almost had to convince you. Um, (laughs) And so now fast forward since the last time we talked and the industry of audiobooks has grown exponentially and it continues to climb in trends and sales and stuff like that. So your audience has also continued to grow. And I know that because you're not on social media, you don't get to see some of this stuff. But I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the following, because you now have an official fan group that currently has 737 members. Wow. And it grows daily. So, yeah. <laughs> and they are a great community, and they're a great group. And um, I have Mendy, who helps run that and she is on top of everything, those trivia Tuesdays and they talk about your books and your performance and just kind of want to get your thoughts on that whole, you know, going a few years ago, we're like, wow, okay, I have auto buys. And now I'm like, okay, cool. Now I have an official fan group.
2: It's, uh, it's, it's always kind of startling because of that um, lack of social media presence. I mean, just today, Andy, texted me andy Arnt and she there was a um, um a big video banner on the side of this building you know it wasn't times square but it was kind of close enough it was over by penn station it was this huge thing for uh it was for uh the anti-boyfriend ward and it's this big huge billboard you know it's seems like it's ten stories high or something so you know she texted and said hey not bad or something <laughs> um, yeah you know I, I I I just got into it because I needed the work I don't know maybe this is something we talked about last time as well but mm-hmm. something I'd always wanted to do and it it really just fell in my lap in a in a way that I wasn't expecting in a very serendipitous way and uh you know quite honestly i i i was broke at the time I, I was as broke as i was you know when i was 20 21 years old or something like that and um, i met a guy named ethan donaldson and he said you have a voice for this and one thing and another and so we got the ball rolling and we made a reel and then he it somehow landed in the hands of um, a few people, namely uh, Louisa Solomon at Simon & Schuster. And it just, it went from there. And, you know, it wasn't by any means a steamrolling kind of event. It took, it took a couple of years, I guess. And then uh, after, what was it, Tangled, I guess. Yes. Um, things really started ballooning in a way that um, I could commit myself full time to it, but it was just something I wanted to do. You know, I loved to do it. I used to read out loud to my mother when I was a kid and it was just something that I felt like I could do and had certainly, I don't know about a talent, but certainly an inclination for it. And um, it just, it's, it's, to me, it's work. And um, I'm in that rare group of people walking the earth, literally, that actually love their work. You know, I do know people who are just, I think you and I, I can remember you and I talking about it. You were, yeah. <laughs> you're just waiting. You're biding time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: counting off the days through the years. And mm-hmm. I certainly know what the hell that is like. You know, I, I really do. And I... Um, I, I don't wanna say, I mean, there's luck involved in any kind of success in entertainment, you know, whatever it happens to be. Luck is always in the in the game, but um, I, I never take it for granted. And, and I know that, you know, um, when you achieve a certain level, the hardest thing is to stay there. You know, you can't rest on your laurels. And at the same time, there's a simultaneous need that I feel or an instinct that says either don't ever forget where you came from either. So those kinds of things come into play every, every book that I do. And, um, you know, it's the kind of thing that will get me to go back and say that was 80% good. Go back and get a hundred, you know, so I'll go back and I'll redo the line or the paragraph or whatever the case may be just because, um, you know, I, 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 I don't ever want to take any, any of this for granted. I, I I really don't because it's, it's enabled a life and a lifestyle and, you know, I'm not fucking rich by any means. I'm not flying off in helicopters or. No,
0: just the characters.
2: Just the characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But, um, you know, it, it just, it, it, it allows me to do other things that I'm very much interested in and very, and love just as much to do. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a really charmed life. And, uh, you know, I, I ate a lot of shit to get, <laughs> you know, we could, this is a whole nother program. I mean, I can tell you of any number of other jobs and ex- life experiences, but you know, it's just, this is the payoff and and I'm very, very grateful for it. I really am, you know, I'm doing something that I absolutely love to do.
0: Well, your listeners also love what you do. One of the things that a lot of your fans say is that when they know that you're narrating a book, it's gonna be good because you give 110% of yourself and that you always put the max effort behind it. And so they know it's going to be performed in a way that they're going to enjoy it.
2: Well, I've read other things where people say the exact opposite.
0: Well, it's, you know, it's an opinion. We all have one yeah. and we can't yeah. make everybody happy, but yeah. But 737 people absolutely love and adore you.
2: Believe me, I'll take it. That's fantastic. No, <laughs> but I was, get, you know, I mean, even though I, I like reading the bad reviews because that keeps, you know, that keeps yeah. fire under your bum. It really mm-hmm. does. And it sometimes people don't know what the hell they're talking about. I mean, I'll be honest. They just, they're coming at it from a perspective that's just, I mean, they don't know the work. They listen to say hundreds of audiobooks a year, but I I, I still get the impression that um, they don't understand that it's it's really all a matter of taste.
0: Oh yeah, exactly.
2: But, uh, but then there are other people who who really have very cogent and 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 incisive things to say, and I I pay attention to that. I really do, and it knocks around in the in your head for quite some time. Believe me, so.
0: No, I, th- I think it's important um, feedback as long as it's instructive is always good. You know, I review, I listen to some of the reviews sometimes of the podcast and they're like, she laughs a lot. I'm like, well, yeah, I do. Sorry, I'm happy. And hello, I'm talking to you guys. Of course, I'm going to laugh and have a good time. But I'm also one of those things where I edit some of that stuff out now just to not, it be too, too giggly and things like yeah, that. So, yeah, yeah,
2: there's always an element. Yeah, I know
0: what you mean. So it's just one of those that I know that it can't please anybody and uh, everybody. And at the end of the day, it's. As long as you do what you love and that you're enjoying it, that's what counts. And the listeners is the same thing. We tell them when they haven't, like when they didn't really like something, we're like, well, you know what, you may not have been in the mood that day for that topic or that, you know, that performance, or it may have been something different. And But I know that they've tried a lot of new books because the listeners are more now narrator motivated. Yeah. So they will try a brand new to them author whether they've been around for hundreds of years or they just got off the, the indie author book bus mm-hmm. because you're narrating it because oh. they trust you and they like how you do things. Well, so that's, you know, that's always cool. I'm
2: very, very happy to hear that. and very flattered. So yeah.
0: Thank you. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah. And like, like I said, Mendy does a phenomenal job with that fingers. I did want to give her a little bit of a shout out there okay. because she keeps everybody happy. And then we try to find authors too, like Miss Ava Harrison who also adores you and appreciates your work. Yeah, she says hi. We were talking a little earlier in the day, and she's like, oh, what are you doing today? And so you came up, and uh, she's like, oh, tell him I say hi. <laughs>
2: hi, Ava. Yeah. Hello back.
0: Um, One of the questions I did have is, when it comes down to series and books and working with the authors, and sometimes they're standalone, but they're still part of the same world, Yeah. do you like working in those kind of series and books where you kind of it's a different character and everything, but it's still within the same world.
2: Yeah. I, I actually, uh, I prefer a standalone, uh, series standalone just because you you get, uh, you have more time invested in it and you have more, the characters right there. Uh, it's so, which is to say it goes from A to Z in one book and, um, I prefer that, and you know, with with series, it's just it's difficult because, you, you, you know, if if you if you're working all of the time, things begin to get scrambled, you know, mm-hmm. and it's hard to go back. Andy and I, you know, joke about it all the time. It's just oh Jesus, wait, wait, he's who, what, you know, <laughs> yeah. go back and forth, and 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 you know, with uh, even with other narrators as well, but. Um, which isn't to say that I haven't done some great series, but I I do like a standalone, you know, I do like getting in and out and hopefully it's a, it's a really great story, you know, and I read cold. So that's another thing that I prefer, you know, I like, you know, I've said this before, I I like being as surprised as a listener maybe, or, you know, wondering where the hell things are going to go because that plays into a performance as well. I don't know any more than a listener does, you know, because if, once the finished product product is there, you know I'm reading it cold, so I'm basically on the same. It's a it's a more level playing field to my mind if you're there with the listener,
0: mm-hmm.
2: simultaneously, as it were, you know. Yeah, no, for so, sure. I find you it's it's uh, it's a lot more cut and dried, and it's a lot more. Um, uh, I th- I think the narrative can be stronger. It's not always the case, but the narrative is stronger. It's it's tighter. It's more cogent, and the story is much more firmly in place and uh, you can move through it with that assurance.
0: What about working with authors? I mean, I know that sometimes they reach out to you directly or they'll through the publishing houses. Do you remember all your clients and your authors that you've worked with and you're going, oh, this is like, and I'm going to say like Ava because I have her in my head right now. Uh Um, Do you kind of go, oh, okay, cool. This is going to be a good story because Ava wrote it or stuff like that. I mean, do you remember them or is it one of those things like, is this the one with the helicopter and the billionaire? Because um, you have done so many books.
2: Yeah. I mean, um, CD Reese is always great. Uh, Ava's always good. Uh, I like Julia Kent's stuff. She's very funny. Um, people like that. Yeah. So you definitely, I mean, there's, there's, it's not so much name recognition in terms of their sales, but there's, there's writers upon whom you can rely to supply, you know, a, a good story. It's, it's good writing and it's, um, it's never over embellished. It's never uh, you know, treacly or over romantic or anything like that. You know, I, I like I like the writers who keep a nice strong hold on reality.
0: When it comes down to these stories, are there particular scenes that you really love to narrate? Is it like when they're funny or is it more in that banter conversation? Like what stands out? Like what yeah, do you Yeah, that's
2: that's the one that stands out is when it's funny. I, I, I like a writer with a good sense of humor who knows how to write humor who knows how to capture again a, a, a very realistic approach even within a fictional character characters and you you know I mean some writers just have better ears than others that's all you know it's just um it's a matter of capturing the rhythm of a, of a of a conversation, whether it's humorous or whether it's an argument, you know, people take on certain characteristics when they're in the midst of these given emotions, and you can tell it, and you can see something that's more on th- authentic than others. And when that happens, it just it makes everything easier, and I think it just it it just only helps a performance, it only helps a reading. Narrators love that because it makes your job easier. The good material always makes things easier and a lot more captivating and a lot more, it helps you invest in a given scene or even an entire book in some cases because there is that kind of gravitas or authenticity or sincerity about it that really just captures you and your ear and your eye and therefore your voice. Those are all connected, so. There is a music, musical aspect to this for sure. I mean, you hear actors all the time talk about this musical interaction they have with dialogue, and you know, good writing enables you to listen in a way that's that can bring it all deeper inside of you, that can find, strike some chord within you, or um, find some sort of um, sincere bone from which their narration can. Can achieve some kind of you know equal authenticity. So it begins and ends with the writing, really. It really, you know, I've I've had encounters like I did a a book right around the time of. uh, I'm sorry, I can't think of the title of it right now, but this was at a time in which a lot of narrators couldn't work because studios had shut down, and they don't have home studios. They don't have a home Mm -hmm. booth. So I had to pick up. I picked up two or three jobs in that way, and I I felt awful about it, but uh, and I reached out to the other narrators and tried to help out in some way, you know, give them tips on how to build a home booth or you know just saying, are you okay with this? And um, but there was a one of those books was uh, it's about this kid, young guy, he's a baseball player, and uh, his father is dying. And he's having this, uh, and he's he's coming out of college and you know, he's a major league prospect, and he is having this, you know, kind of come to Jesus with his father, who is somewhat incoherent in his hospital bed. He's basically on his deathbed. And, you know, this was around late March, early April or something, and and I just broke down, man. You know,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: take you know that if you hear me blubbering and and spitting and every it, you know it was so well written and so such a lovely passage of time and you know this transference from one influence into another and it's this kid you know taking this father's influence and he's going to pick it up on his own and sort of bring it into his own body and he's going to address it not just through baseball but you know through this and it just really touched me in a way that um A lot of books, I should say few books really can, you know, Mm -hmm. I really was. I was just bawling my eyes out, you know?
0: Yeah. There's a few of you narrators that can really bring that emotion into it. And we can tell that you guys Mm -hmm. were crying and then then you're making us cry. And then we're like, ah,
2: (laughs) no, it was really unexpected, you know? And I, I, uh, I finished it. I finished that section and, uh, I chalked it up to just, so many things that I, you know, had to either tamp down or, or, you know, I mean, what's great about great writing is that it will, it's spooky in the sense that it can really sneak up on you and surprise yes. you in a way that is so um, unsuspecting and yet, and yet uh totally fulfilling in the sense that you never saw it coming. And then you realize that it, it, it has some sort of association with what's going on in your head or what's going on in your life at a given time, you know? Yes, yeah. And that's what I mean by the authenticity, because when that, that rare little moment strikes, you know, it's just, it's, um, it's very revealing, you know, it's not easy to get through because you do recognize it as it's happening. All of these associations are firing away in your brain, even as you're reading these words. And, Um, so I I don't know what to say after that, you know, it's,
0: it's well, I think it's, it's the idea that the, the words can be as powerful to bring up an emotion, whether it's the sad in one or the, 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 the favorite memory. Sometimes that happens when they're describing something or it takes place in a city or a restaurant that you were used to go to when you were a kid and you remember something fun happening. It's when they can evoke some form of emotion inside you that you don't expect.
2: Right, it's, because it's
0: supposed to be a romantic comedy, for God's sakes, right? Uh, <laughs> no, no, Yeah, I I mean, th-
2: there is that element. But um, it's just, you know, it's just great, you know, great writing will surprise you. You know, really good, great writing will, will surprise you. And, and it'll bring up moments and events and circumstances which you just don't see coming. And then they yep. pull it off in a way that just really makes it... Um, you know, if you're a teenager, it, it's just you, nobody knows that book like you do. You know, yeah. That kind of event. You know? Yeah. And, um, of course, as you grow older, you just you think, Jesus, you know, I, I never knew that. Or you never suspected. I shouldn't say you never knew, but you never suspected that something could grab hold of you in such a, in such a gripping and sincere way that it, it alters your performance for the mm-hmm. better. You know, always for the better. You know so when you recognize that you really just got to go full bore i mean i i my finger was kind of hovering over the pause button a couple of times and i just said fuck it you know you got to keep that was another you know you're, you're you're kind of battling with yourself as things good or bad you know it's always there's always uh, i don't want to say a little voice it's an instinct i would say to me that's more what it's more of a it's less intellectual than it is you know Visceral, I suppose, but, um, but that's the thing that, it, well, I, I guess that's it. You know, I mean, if, if a piece of writing can tap into your guts as opposed to your brain, you know, your heart is part of your guts, you know, it's part of your.
0: Yeah. If it can resonate some form of emotion. If, so. if
2: you can really touch that, then that's just that best, you know, that's the yes. best you can hope for.
0: Exactly. And then, which is great too. When as a listener, when we get to see, hear those performances from you guys, that it has, there's something in the voice and the tones we can tell, and that just adds more to our listening ex- experience and can bring out even more emotion on our end, too. So, thank you for that. Great. Um, mm-hmm. the um, but we're also human and we all make mistakes, and there's sometimes when we're doing things at our jobs that we make a mistake and we laugh. So, for you guys, your mistakes are kind of recorded. Um, what's been the funniest error that you've made while recording?
2: Well, I uh, this is actually a good story. Um, This is a few years back. I was doing one of those awful books, and uh, which we all do. All right. Let's face it, we're not, nobody's going to name any names. There's something called alt, which stands for alternate. So when you're recording and you come across typos all the time, and so you'll read a line that you know has a grammatical typo or some sort of typographical error, you read it as it is, and then you say alt, and you read it in a more correct grammatical fashion, right? Mm-hmm. So I was just doing this left, right, front, and center with this one book, and you know I was pissed off at the editor and this so-called proofreader, and you know the P- everybody involved in it, because it was just a sloppy piece. And so I mentioned anger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was going to be like, hmm, okay. <laughs> so
2: I I didn't realize that uh, I had kept the play button running, and I you know I didn't I didn't dub it or punch and record you know i didn't go back you know i i didn't necessarily throw a tantrum but i was just jesus christ this one fucking thing you know it's always with this one word you know just this this monologue <laughs> you have with yourself you know yes and i thought i had covered it up and so i sent off the book and the editor to have fun sends back this this quote it, via email <laughs> and i didn't i didn't know what he was talking about and then he sends the, he sends a piece of the track back and it's got this whole monologue of mine in there you know fuck rah, 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 you know you how can you you know one thing and another you know just this this tirade you know you know f bombs all over the joint and uh it was really funny though and yeah. so it was really funny i mean because he gathered he he knew what was going on and so he never would have done it otherwise and uh, yeah um so you know that wasn't so much embarrassing, but you asked for embarrassing moments. No,
0: <laughs> well, because we have like we have the romantic comedies, and then we have a lot of sometimes where there's some funny scenes, where there's some funny banter, um, and so I know sometimes there's moments where you're there's a line that sometimes you can't get through, or it's just so catch, especially you reading it cold. It, it, you know, it could kind of catch you off guard that that was going to be the boom, boom, you know, pit, you know. Right. Lying kind good. of a thing. Good yeah. and bad. Yeah, good and bad, yes. <laughs> like, I remember, I, I think it
2: was a Julia Kent book. And uh, she had these, it, there was, as is typical of her, you know, she's got like 25 characters. You know, you got to supply voices for everybody. In it. And uh, there were these two old ladies. And, you know, these were these just highly sexed old ladies. <laughs> and uh, there was there was a line in it i can't I can't quite remember i I don't want to say it because i it has to be right and uh I just kept stumbling over it and stumbling over it and stumbling over it and finally i because you you make a pass sometimes you have to stop and just do, hit record and do the line stop again, go back and listen to it mm-hmm. and uh which is called punch and roll technique, which we can get into later otherwise you know it's just technical yeah problem, but um and I was just laughing through the whole thing, and it kind of worked, I felt. At one point, one of these passes felt like, "Oh well, it could work. could She could she be saying that while she's laughing. And uh, so I, I, I let her ride, and, you know, I, I, I guess a month or two went by, and it wasn't her who got might Maybe it was Andy or somebody else just said, "Man, that line. How did you do that line?" And I said, "It's because I was fucking it up for 20 times." you know." <laughs> I had to just settle on something, you know? yeah. and, uh, and I just, you know, I like to keep moving. So I wasn't going to just sit on it for a day and, you know, other, I like to just keep plowing ahead. So I just, I'd spend enough time on it as is and I picked the best that I thought was hopefully the best. And when, when another narrator contacts you and says, you know, that was really great. How, you know, what the hell was that all about? You know, that's always a nice compliment.
0: Y- yes. Yeah. I think uh, one of the moments that I always laughed when I first heard you many, many years ago was when I picked up uh, Lauren Blakely's full uh, full package, which we've discussed before, that whole bet, uh, Bath and Body Works or Beth Bath and Beyond scene, rather. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Yeah. So that's, that's yeah. still one of those like, oh, yeah, that scene, it still cracks yeah. me up. So yeah. it's always good to hear that you guys also laugh on, in places where oh, it's yeah. supposed to be funny. You know,
2: and it's just something you don't expect from her and she just... You know, there's this kind of um, antagonistic, you know, streak. And I I think I brought it up with her, you know. I said, you gotta bring out more of the dark every now and again, you know, that was the best (laughs) writing you've ever done. So yeah. My mind. But Mm -hmm. because Bad Bath and Beyond, you know. Yeah.
0: I think it's also relatable. I mean, we all have those moments where we're having to go shopping with somebody and we don't feel like it and stuff. And it was just one of those yeah, moments where it's just so real. Going
2: into yeah. the parking lot and pissing on each other. You know? <laughs> no, really. I
0: mean, yeah, no, no, no. There's some stores I know. I get it. Um, you know, I, I know that I have to butter up and, and give them good food or something if I need to go to a particular store that I know they're not going to want to go to. So... Right. They get yeah. And then they're like, oh fine. You did yeah. give me nice steaks mm, or a good ice cream or something. I'm like, yes. So yeah. just suck it up buttercup for a second. Yeah. You got steak out of it. <laughs> so I know that you guys get cast and then you receive the script. You get, you know, things get scheduled for when you're going to be recorded and then you're done and you're basically done. There's nothing else for you guys to do. And many times you guys don't even know when these books are going to come out. Right. and be released and stuff and now especially lately i don't think anybody else knows that either um acx has been really interesting as of late with those release dates and stuff um mm-hmm. but i do happen to know that uh, tarnished empire by ava harrison is scheduled okay. to come out october 13th and that you have narrated that as well with ava erickson right Yep. and so we actually have an exclusive audio clip from that that we're going to share with our listeners oh, great good yeah so we're going to insert that here um, she is a huge fan of yours, like as I mentioned before, and she is really excited about this title. And a lot of great. listeners great. are excited about it. So we're going to. Well, Ava it. Erickson's great too. Yes, yes, she is. Um, had the pleasure of talking to her a few times too. So she's awesome. Cool. Yeah. Here's an exclusive teaser of Tarnished Empire by Ava Harrison, narrated by Sebastian York and Ava Erickson.
2: She truly is a sight to behold. Her hair is disheveled whipping against her face. Her skin-tight white dress hides little of her small and petite frame, and its hem is a little too high, but with her hands tied, she can't do anything about it. She's feisty, I'll give her that much. And gorgeous. It's a shame she's Michael's daughter. I'd fuck her to get her out of my system, but the way she snarls at me, that will not happen. But now I know what she tastes like, so not wanting to fuck her will be a problem. I won't go there, and neither will she, but when I see her struggle against the bonds, I can't help but imagine what she would look like tied to my bed, begging me. I shake my head. There's no place for that. Come on, I say, wrapping my hand around her bicep and turning her. You must be hungry, and we have to talk. She refuses to speak. Instead, her lips are impassive, and it's actually a cute look on her. She's acting like a petulant child, throwing a tantrum and refusing to speak, but she makes it look good, much better than most would fare under the circumstances. I would expect tears and begging, yet I find neither with this one. She's resolved in her mind that she won't talk, and to be honest, I kind of respect her for it. She may be a worthy opponent. Leading us to the deck, I pull a chair out for her when we reach the table set up. Sit. I growl, not at all liking how much I enjoy staring at her. I can't have any distractions now.
0: So before we go, um, why don't you tell us a little bit what you're working on now, if you can share.
2: Well, there's there's what you just mentioned, Tarnished Empire mm-hmm. by Ava Harrison. The Boyfriend Effect, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Ryan. Uh, Showtime, which was a really... That was a really... Yeah. That was an entertaining book. By Tana Fensky, is that how you say her name? Fensky. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, that was a really good time. I got to say, there was actually some really good moments in in that. Do you, I, Do you know the premise of that one at all?
0: No, no, I have not seen. So sometimes you guys get this stuff way before the audience even knows um, the book is being you know created. So, um, you want to share it? <laughs> Well, there's so many books too. It could be that's already been shared, and I have no clue.
2: Um, It's just about this. uh, It's a reality TV show that takes place. This production company that's run by a family uh, takes over an old uh, ranch that was run by this cult in Southern California. (laughs) (laughs) So it's pretty fun, you know. Have this
0: very interesting premises. Yes. (laughs) Yeah.
2: You know. I mean, and that's that's refreshing. You know, yes. a premise like that that's just so out of left field.
0: Thank you so much, Sebastian, for taking the time to chat with me today and returning as my guest. Appreciate you.
2: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: It's always I love talking to you all the time. So while Sebastian doesn't have any uh, current social media accounts, we um, do invite you to join his official fan group and we'll give you all those links for you guys can just have a nice little community of all the fun about Sebastian's and to figure out the upcoming releases, get some exclusive content there too, because the authors love to pop in and share some of these goodies with us. So that's always a good thing. We'll include that information in the podcast episodes at the Viviana Enchantress of Books website. And until next time, happy listening.
1: A heartfelt thank you to all of our audiobook loving podcast Patreon. Special thanks to Susie Vanderham, Michelle Sutton, Jing Kemp, Jen Franklin, Brittany Cottingham, Kimberly Reed, Leanne Schwartz, Danny Johnson, Christine Cox, Christy Reitz, Jennifer Graham, Cindy Pittman, Mendy Summer, Jenny Johnson, Jesse Stafford, Chrissy Font, Rhonda Pezzarello, Evelyn Clarisi, Michelle DeCosta, Emily Dye, Michelle Bastard, and Farah Blair. The Audiobook Lovin' podcast has special Patreon access levels. Join today to receive early access to podcast episodes, exclusive content with our guests, and much more. Support the podcast by becoming a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash audiobooklovin'. We thank you for your support.
0: Thank you for joining us on the Audiobook Lovin' podcast, hosted by Viviana Enchantress of Books. For links and more information discussed in today's episode, previous podcasts, or the Audiobook Lovin' series, please visit our website, com. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a positive review wherever you listen to our podcast. Until next time, happy listening.